Welcome to Motherhood Designed, a podcast about balancing all aspects of life as a mother. Join me, Gabriella Dokus, each week as I sit down with a different guest to discuss how they've designed their own version of motherhood. Today, I'm so excited to welcome sisters Maddie Howie and Kate Conroy, co-founders of brand Pippin House, which launches today, May 9th. Pippin House's signature duvet revolutionizes the ease of changing your duvet cover, and Maddie and Kate are just getting started. From the path to creating their product, to how they've supported each other as sisters and moms, this conversation was so refreshing and absolutely just fun to have. Maddie and Kate feel like everyone's best friends, and I loved their candor and honesty on so many taboo topics. I can't wait to share it with you. Today, I'm welcoming Maddie Howie and Kate Conroy of Pippin House. Ladies, welcome. Thank you for having us. Of course. Um, Thank you so much for excited. Yeah, when I heard about your recent launch, I was so excited. Uh, fighting over the duvet cover is something I certainly do with my husband, and I'm sure many listeners can also sympathize with that situation. So I think your product idea is great. Um, I know you are both mothers to young kids, so I'm really excited to hear more about your stories and how you founded this company while also raising those kids and being pregnant and all the things. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. So let's start with a little bit about each of you. Um, So where you live, how many kids you have and their ages and anything else that you think might be relevant about your early years. Um, Yeah, so my name is, this is Kate Conroy. Um, I currently live in Chicago, Illinois with my husband, Andrew, and our 14 month old daughter, Piper. Um, We actually just moved last week, so we're still getting settled in our our new place, but yes, we are currently in a very chilly Chicago. And I am Maddie Howie, and I live in Charlotte with my husband, Harrison. We have two kids, Penelope, as she calls herself. She's a three and a half girl. Um, And then we have Fitz, who's 16 months old, and I am due in August with my third and we are not finding out what that is um what that is what the baby is <laughs> gender wise um and then early years wise i will say that kate and i started off very close kate at a very young age kate had to have surgeries she has something called hemifacial microsomia so the left side of her face didn't grow she's had about 20 surgeries oh, wow. so i have always been very overprotective of Kate. She definitely didn't need me to be because she has a very strong personality. But I think that started off a very strong relationship that continues to this day. Got it. So out of some hardship, you guys got a stronger relationship, which is correct. Tends to be the the silver lining of difficult things. And your kids are are all pretty young. (laughs) Um, Lots of babies being born within, I guess, two years of each other. Did you find out your gender, Maddie, with the other two? So we did not with Penelope. She was um, our first surprise baby. So we need to be (laughs) a little bit more cautious about um, surprise babies. Too much information. Um, Seven, I went for seven years without a period and found out I was pregnant with Penelope. My son took seven rounds of fertility. We found out with him, but we didn't tell anyone we found out. Um, And then um, this one was another surprise. So 
And she called me and said, um, I think I'm pregnant. And I said, Maddie, come on. Like, I know what happened with Penelope, but like Fitz, it took a long time for Fitz to come around. And she's like, no, I, I, I think I know my body. I think I am. I'm like, come on, babe, you're not. Go to bed, wake up the next morning. She's pregnant. <laughs> I believe she also said, we can't do that with Pippin House right now. And I was like, I know, you know. Here we are. So. Here we are. Here we are. Um, it's funny, though, how many stories I've heard that are similar to that where people really think that they can't get pregnant or they're, you know, they do IVF or it takes a year to get pregnant with their first. And then they're like, oh, I'm good. And turns I, out they are I think, pregnant pretty fast. I think that's something that people don't really talk um, about is like there are, I mean, it took me about a year to get pregnant. And, you know, you just mm-hmm. constantly are flooded with people that are pregnant all the time on Instagram. And I think yeah. that that's kind of an environment that is, um, is tough for people out there. Um, well, and one other thing I will say is getting pregnant by surprise with Penelope. Um, I learned quickly how many people have issues mm-hmm. with getting pregnant and you become much more sensitive to the fact once you've gotten pregnant by surprise and then very humbled by the fertility route. Um, when I told people I found out I was pregnant, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. Like at first I was shocked and like not bummed, but wasn't ready. And then, um, I had a girl who I worked with tell me that she had just had a miscarriage and it was very eye opening that like, wow, it's not that easy for a lot of people. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it's this really hard thing to navigate to where you want to walk the line between being honest about your experience with getting pregnant and with pregnancy too, because I mean, pregnancy can be so difficult depending on the person. Some people love to be pregnant. Some people hate it. Some people physically do great and some people physically do terribly. And, but it's really hard to walk the line of being honest about all that and having the conversation Uh and not complaining. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. Because right. there's some people, you know, who would give their arm really to be hard. pregnant and others who, like you said, are, you know, hate being pregnant and it comes really easily to them. So yeah. it's, yeah. Uh, it's layered. Touchy. Yeah, Touchy. it is. Um, so I hear you. It's, it, it can be really tough to navigate. So you two are sisters. Um, where did you grow up together? We grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. So we were born in Chicago, but moved there, um, very young. I was about a year when we moved to Charlotte. So we were basically raised our whole life in Charlotte. Got it. So one of you is, there's one of you in each location that you, you spent time in as a child. Correct. Um, and yeah. what was your education and career path like prior to founding Pippin House? I believe you worked in commercial real estate, which is a, a bit of a jump from um, home consumer home goods. So walk yes, me through that. Very much of a jump. Yeah, so um, I started at UGA and finished up at UNC Charlotte. Um, I have a degree in business. Um, I was in commercial real estate. Um, I mean, my real, real career was in commercial real estate um, on the investment side for multifamily. And I did that for about eight years um, with a couple different groups and developers um, Mm -hmm. before I ultimately decided to um, take the leap and pursue Pippin House. So I have a degree in health communications, kinesiology, and interdisciplinary health. So I think I can like ride in the back of an ambulance or um, I would be a great P 
PE coach, <laughs> I think. We, when we moved to Chicago, we were part of a home decor store. We knew um, retail really well because actually previously when Kate and I were both in high school, we were but buyers for a home decor, I mean, a clothing store. Okay. Um, we got to know retail really well. And so moved to Chicago, we were part of a home decor store and our partner knew home decor really well. Mary Garvey James knew style and interior design like no one else. Then I was in facilities maintenance and then jumped over to commercial real estate. I've been there or I was in commercial for 10 years. It was quite the jump. Um, Pippin House was always in the back of our minds, but it seemed impossible until Kate took the leap. And the ironic thing is, is that everything has been a little bit backwards about this and our roles have been reversed. Like Kate is the boss and I'm normally the boss. Yep, with just a bit of, bit of background, bit of background. In our family, we call Maddie the general um, because she's usually the one telling everybody what to do. And yeah, roles have reversed. Um, and Kate's always been the funny one, especially in our family. Mm -hmm. Our dad told me I never said anything funny until I was in eighth grade. Some people think I'm funny <laughs> right now, so that's nice. And then Kate's normally the nice one, and I'm the bitch, and kind of change. So things are different these days. So that that is funny. Well, it's also funny how different stages of life bring out different um, traits in people. I guess I was always Correct. very reticent to speak publicly, and then I became a teacher, and now I'm like, I'll talk to anyone in front of any group of people. I don't care anymore. So, but you know, like you like different life stages yeah. bring out different skills that oh, yeah. you didn't know you had i think being a mom too like i used to be so terrified to talk in front of people mm -hmm. and now that i'm a mom i'm like we all deserve whatever having a baby's version is of a purple heart like <laughs> we deserve some kind of badge after you've had a child and then you're like i don't care what anyone thinks yeah. about me i've had a baby. it is very freeing i agree Commercial real estate is also a very male-dominated field, at least in Philadelphia yes. area where I'm from. Um, so it's also impressive that you have both had long career trajectories there because the women that yeah. I know, there's, I don't know a lot of women in commercial real estate. Most of the people I know in commercial real estate are men. So props to you both for yeah. uh, sticking that, it out there. That was for sure my experience. You yeah. know, I always say that I went to work in a sea of blue blazers and Colhan loafers. It was just like, that's all. I ever saw that's all every meeting ever was so it was I think that that also did somewhat prepare for this shift into you know having to be assertive for yourself in mm -hmm. building something you know early on in, in the conversations that I would have with different manufacturers and um, and, and vendors etc would be you know a lot of the time I would just pretend to know what they were saying and take notes there's acronyms for days just taking notes taking notes and mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I, I realized that, you know, I'm never going to learn it unless I ask these people what it is. And so it kind of made me have more confidence, I think, because I would have to assert myself in those male dominated meeting rooms and conferences, et cetera. And I was able to kind of utilize that in, you know, being assertive on these calls and asking for what I wanted and knowing when I'm getting, you know, one pulled over on me, those type of things. So I think that this is the stage of where I, you know, and once Maddie joined, we had like a couple calls and she's like, whoa, you were kind of bulldog, like on that, 
on that call and I'm like, I think that it's like, you know, you get a little bit jaded in the sense of like, you're always trying to protect and Maddie's like, okay, sometimes we got to get the bear with honey. Yeah. The one thing that I will say about commercial real estate is that women stand out. If you are a woman, mm -hmm. you are the minority. So I actually worked with a group of women that were so amazingly cool. One has four children. The other has three and then a marketing director with two kids. I mean, it was like these powerful women and we stood out as a group. It was like, it's different to have these women coming in. I mean, you are pitching against four other teams that have all men mm -hmm. and again, Gucci loafs and a blue blazer. <laughs> and then you've got the women coming in and can speak the same language and it, it makes a difference. So I think that has definitely taught me in Pippin House to have the confidence to speak to anyone because we can stand out. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I talked to a lot of female founders and it is, it's always great to hear the stories. So speaking of yeah. which, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Pippin House. So you mentioned that it was, it's been on your mind for a while before you decided to take the plunge and start it. So how did you come up with the idea? Did the idea proceed wanting to start a business together or was it the other way around? Um, and what has it looked like to get things off the ground? So I'll start with basically how the idea came about. So we used to nanny for a family, four kids under the age of seven. So we were nannying and whenever the parents would go out of town, we would clean all the beds. So we'd change five duvets at one time and we would be putting back on sweating our asses off and being like, there has to be a better way. There mm -hmm. has got to be a better way. So we made our first prototype. We ordered a zipper from a sailing company because they're the only ones that had a long enough zipper. We used a sewing machine we bought at Walmart. We were able to use the sewing machine um, to make that first prototype. Um, and then I will let Kate tell you what it was like getting this thing off the ground. Yeah. So like I said, in June of 2020, um, you know, I joke, it was a really great time to take the entrepreneurial leap in the middle of a global pandemic. But, um, yep. you know, I, I, in a lot of my podcasts that I've been see, listening to, it's, uh, that's kind of a trend that, that I've heard is people taking that leap during that time when you kind of had time to reevaluate what you really want to do with your life. And, you know, Absolutely. Maddie and I, had, I, I looked back um, at our first, at that time we were calling it duvies, but at um, our first video, and that was in October of 2012 that we made it. So um, that obviously has been a long time coming that this idea was gonna, you know, come to fruition. Um, but in June, when I took the leap, I will say that the start of Pippin House was slow. I joked that I didn't even know what I didn't know about any of it. So it really just became- Mind you, Kate was pregnant and throughout all of starting Pippin House, she got my dad a new kidney in under a year, which is unheard of. My dad um, was in kidney failure and Kate was able to, I mean, Kate, I was just Kate puts the squeaky wheel. <laughs> I was the, so. the very squeaky wheel, but yeah, needless to say, there was a lot going on just in, in life, like with everybody's life during that time. Um, but it, 
it was it was slow and it was tough. I you know I had the goal of really getting it made here in the U.S. Um, and of course, it would have to be from imported fabrics because they don't make fabrics wide enough in the U.S. for our product. But um, but the manufacturing itself it was really important to me to figure out how to get it done here. Uh, and that proved to be probably our biggest hurdle was finding a manufacturer. I would say that we probably went through 12 to 15 that we were pretty far down the road with. I said that we were pretty pregnant with these 12 to 15 at different stages <laughs> of this. And, you know, at the last minute when it was time to place the PO, they'd say, you know, we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. And so it was those, you know, those setbacks that were, you know, you've got to, I would sometimes give myself an hour to be annoyed or an hour to be bummed. Sometimes if it was a really big one, I'd give myself a day, but then you just have to really get back up and do it again. And, and it proved, it proved to be, you know, very successful. Um, I mean, we're launching, but finding the manufacturer cut that part, I'd say. I don't think <laughs> we're successful yet. <laughs> but when, um, when I finally... No, they were successful. Oh, right. Sorry. When um, I finally found, so I had found a manufacturer to manufacture our inserts. They're out of Cincinnati. They're fantastic. Um, I don't know if they would want to be named, but Down Decor has been an unbelievable family-owned business that we've been working with out of Cincinnati. Um, and Ke Kendall and Puneet are the team that I work with, or we work with um, there. And they have been unbelievable. They really took a chance on us. And... They agreed, they had a shipment of, uh, I think, 200 duvet inserts that they were ready to ship to me. And I said, candidly, I don't have anywhere for you to ship these because the last <laughs> manufacturer just fell through. And she's like, okay, Kate. She's like, Daniel's going to kill me. That's her boss. But we do have a cut and sew operation, and I think that we can make these for you. So they really stepped up, and they not only, you know, held my order, they figured it out. We prototyped for months. Um, just quickly, this is also, I will say, something that was in the leading up to even finding a manufacturer. I wanted to have the product tested by friends and family um, mm -hmm. to get feedback on zipper size, weight, fabric, you know, percale or sateen, all of the different things just to kind of get a better sense of what people actually want. I know what I want. I know what Maddie wants, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I know exactly what the consumer wants. So I had found a seamstress on, I think, Thumbtack to try to help me piece together the first, um, the first Pippin House duvet um, of the second generation, um, not the 2012 version. I found this one and she made one for me. And then she said, you know, it's too tough on my sewing machine. I can't make any more. And so I purchased a, a Singer sewing machine on Amazon and I made about 30 prototypes in my wow. living room. So we had friends and family test them and we surveyed them and you know, a lot of interesting information came out of, um, we, we like to joke that we don't survey and tell, but something that came out of that prototyping phase was that over 25% of people only wash their duvet like four times a year. Which, if you think about it, is... And these are clean people. These are clean, upstanding citizens that were testing um, these duvets. And it came down that it was really proving the concept that people aren't changing these because it's so annoying to change them. Yeah. Um, it's... And they're just... It's just not a good... 
experience, even when you're not changing it, it falls out of the corners. It's never mm -hmm. even throughout the cover. Um, so it was kind of really gave us that proof of concept that like, this is something that people would want. So what has it been like to found a company with each other as sisters? You mentioned that you've always been very close to each other um, since childhood, but are there any specific challenges to working with a sibling versus another business partner? Yeah, I think, I think that for me, it, as cheesy as it sounds, it's, it's really a dream come true to finally, you know, work together on this. It's something that we dreamt about for so long and, you know, it was never the right time. It's never the right time to really, you know, quit your career. Uh, I mean, and it's also not necessarily recommended to, um, there's different schools of thought, but not necessarily recommended to quit your job. A lot of people say to do it while you still have a job, but, mm -hmm. um, uh, it wasn't the route I decided to take, but I think that, you know, we always joke that for the last 10 years, we have refused to watch Shark Tank because it is like, we would see it and we'd be like, we need to be on, this needs to be what we do. Like, we have an idea, we're just, we joke, we, we're, we've been sleeping on the idea for a decade. Um, all of our beds had these on them before we even started Pippin House because we would make them ourselves. But um, I think that starting this with Maddie is... Um, like I said, it's a dream come true. I think that we work well, beyond well together. Um, and like with any, um, you know, company or any opportunity that you're in, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be, you know, um, I was working solo on it for two years and I was so laser focused on getting it across the finish line that when, you know, um, I was drowning um, and I said, Maddie, I need you to join now. You know, it's go time. Um, it was probably well past the point when I should have asked her to come on full time, but um, it it has been so great just having her to kind of open open up some of it. You know, you get so on on the trail of getting it done that like you don't necessarily think of, of certain things. So having her come in has really expanded. You know, where I even can see the brand going, and you know. We've always talked about other you know, products that are soon to come, um, but it's just been, it's been a dream and I'm so yeah. thankful to be doing it with her. As Kate said, she took the plunge long before I did. I was kind of in the shadows and it was always the plan. Kate gets it to a point and then I'm going to quit um, and jump ship when she needs me to leave what was both of our identities, which was commercial real estate and jump into betting it felt odd but we knew we were going to do it the problem not problem with kate but one of kate's i would say things that she has a challenge with is asking for help so kate only asks for help when she's like truly drowning and i mean like in over her head about to spiral drowning so she called me one day and she said it's time i need you to quit today and i was like it, no heads up no start winding down I need you to quit today. So it, um, it took longer than I had anticipated to quit, but I think I wanted, I was actually with a new company at the time. And um, there were a couple of deals that I wanted to finish up because I knew it would help post launch to really fund some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was great that we were able to just start working and kind of get the momentum. And I think my favorite part is that we are best friends and nothing's going to ever get in the way of that. We understand each other almost too well. And I think 
now that we work for ourselves, we understand that if the other is moving or is sick or needs a day, that's okay. Um, we're both extraordinarily hard workers, almost to a fault. And while we don't like when the other is sick or doesn't have childcare, it's refreshing as our own bosses to be able to say, don't worry, I've got it today. Like, don't even think twice about it. Whereas when you're in commercial real estate and you've got to tell a, a man or a partner of yours that you've got a sick kid, they're like, okay, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Get your stuff done. And so we're really confident in each other's decisions individually. But I think one of the things our dad jokes about is he's like, you guys are great separate, but when you're together, it's like a symphony. Like we don't have to talk. Everything gets done. Anytime one of us has moved, we always go up and help each other get settled, like put the finishing touches on things. And I think no matter what's going on, if Kate's here or when we're working together, I'm settled, I'm more calm and in general, just happier. Mm-hmm. And I think that's working with her is amazing. I get to feel that every day. Siblings are, are funny <sighs> like that. I've always said like siblings are, I only have one older brother and he's four years older. So we are not like, we're not not close, but we're you know four years apart, boy, girl, it's different dynamic. Yeah. But I've always said like, siblings are so valuable because they are the only people in your life who love you unconditionally, but like will tell it to you like it is. Like they have no fear of hurting your, my brother has no fear oh. of hurting my feelings. Like ever. what, what to a feelings? Right. It's like, yeah. like, you know, you come down in a dress like in high school and he's like, what the hell are you wearing? Like, that's so ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that our, yeah. our poor brother, we do have an older brother as well. And our poor brother, we've, uh, we joke, we've like beaten him into submission. It's like when we say like, does this look good? He'll say, do you want me to answer it? Or do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? And we'd say, tell us what we want to hear. You know? And he's like, oh, then you look great. Yeah. You look better. <laughs> you touched a little bit on the idea of navigating being a mom and childcare in the world of commercial real estate and what that would have looked like for you, or I guess Maddie, what it did look like at the beginning when you first had your, your oldest. But now... 2.5 of your 3.5 children have been born, I guess, since Pippin House was, was in the works. How do you think that um, being moms has affected the development of, of Pippin House? Yeah, I think that um, for me, like Maddie said, I have um, trouble asking for help and identifying when I need the help. So when, when Piper was born in December of 21, I really didn't take much of a maternity leave because it's, you know, mm-hmm. who's going to be doing it if I'm not, you know, keeping the ball rolling. Um, and so it was, it wasn't until, you know, like seven, seven months, I think it was July when we finally, um, I realized, okay, well, I can't be building, you know, Pippin house two hours at a time. And then also giving Piper, you know, the attention and, you know, everything that she needs to develop and, you know, hit milestones and all of these things. And so that's when we, um, had Charlotte who I, was just talking to Maddie before we hopped on this, that, you know, Pippin House wouldn't even be a thing if, you know, we didn't have Charlotte. She is um, Piper's nanny and she has, I mean, she's part of our family now and has completely opened up the possibilities for me to, you know, work from 8.30 to 4.30 while she takes Piper on all the adventures around the city. You know, Piper knows more of the city than I do at this point. Um, and it's, 
it's it's truly I feel so lucky and privileged every day that I you know am in the position that we have Charlotte and that um, you know we can work towards these goals while having you know people that are so trusted and valued to us take care of um, you know our little bundles of joy I mean I definitely think as a mom when you have a career I remember I had a dog and I used to talk about it's like Harrison and I say it's so cringeworthy that we used to literally go to work and talk about our dog like it was the same and all be all and it thinking about it literally makes me start to sweat it's disgusting we were like oh the dog a to b and had to go to bed that is a very millennial behavior so you were not alone very yeah guilty um but as a mom you just get stuff done you have a lot of amount of time each day to fit it all in and you knock it out like my husband best husband best dad most hands-on in the world love him to death he cannot get a glass of water and carry on a conversation at the same time meanwhile i'm thinking about like what's for dinner who's picking up who what doctor's appointments medicine do we have diapers and i'm working motherhood's a constant dose of humble pie Mm -hmm where you're calling your mom and telling her sorry or you were right and i don't know how you did it um and then i think challenges really come in terms of childcare. my kids have been pretty sick um my daughter has a funky thing where she's got her lungs impacted with mucus and then my son has just been sick his whole life like COVID twice, flu, RSV, got tubes at seven weeks. And so he is only 16 months old, but was out of school so much that it was such a battle when I was in commercial real estate to, you can't make up excuses anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, and post COVID, if you have a fever, you're out of school for 72 hours. So that crushed your week. I mean, you're just done. Right. Um, so we switched schools and the school that we switched to was less expensive for Penelope. She's in full day. And then now we have a nanny that actually used to be the neighbor's nanny. But I hate to call her our nanny. She's more of our friend and a family member because we are just so, so lucky to have her. It's nice that you both found great nannies because I'm talking to friends who have gone the nanny route. They can be very, very difficult to find. So when you, when you find a good one, you got to hold on to them. But I'm glad that you touched on the difficulty of working in a corporate environment with kids in daycare, particularly for these last few years um, when they have been, I mean, for good reason, but so strict about fevers and illness and what that yeah. means for typically the mother not that dads don't jump in sometimes yeah. and do their fair share, but it's it's really, really challenging for women in the United States to to deal with that. And and it's under it's a little bit more understood for the woman, I think, to take the brunt of that. Like my husband works at a bank here, a very mm-hmm. big bank. And granted, he has a new position within the bank, so he is able to and he always has just made time and really helped when I was in commercial real estate. But um, I think now that I'm with Pippin House, it's so much easier and there's so much less guilt for me to say, Kate, I got to go pick up Penelope. Whereas 
I would see the school call me on my phone and I would know I've got 90 minutes to return the call and then I have 30 minutes to get to her. So I actually have a solid two hours before I have to go get my daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that pull, the push and pull between work and your child. And they should always be number one. But as a working mom, you're guilty for leaving work, but then guilty for leaving her at school for two hours when she's vomiting or has a fever or whatever. So it's, it's terrible. And that's why I love working for ourselves. And hopefully we can hire a ton of moms and just tell them that it's perfectly fine if they need a day. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and I think so many times women, it's it's a lot. It's, I mean, I, I no longer work outside the home in situations like you described are exactly why, because my husband has a job that he cannot leave in the middle of the day. And you know, right. I was a teacher. I was certainly not the primary breadwinner in the house. And it's like, you can't, yeah. you, it's, it's very difficult to do both and do them both well. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that you it. found your, your solution. <laughs> entrepreneurship. Yeah. I, I'll say that for, for me, my husband worked from home even before COVID. So that was, that's something that, um, has actually been, um, you know, he traveled a lot more pre COVID, but since we've had Piper, it's been COVID and, we're both working from home. So it's, it's really nice to have that also, you know, now I think that a lot of families have, I don't know if everybody's returned to the office. I, I find that our scenario is, is pretty great. Cause if in the mornings we'll go over, like, I've got a meeting here, here, here in the event that, you know, if Charlotte, Charlotte was out six last week and we just went through our schedules and said like, okay, you've got her then I've got her then. Um, and it's actually been, there have been good things that actually came out of, the new living arrangements from, you know, that horrible pandemic. So, yeah, I feel like a broken record because I say it every episode, but so many people's stories revolve around COVID and how it changed their lives. Um, terrible For time. Sure. There, there have been several lives. What kind of support system do you guys have outside of the childcare that you mentioned? Um, or what do you outsource? Cleaning, um, groceries, making doctor's appointments? Does your husband take care of anything specifically? What does it look like for you? Yeah, I, I think for, so for me, like I was saying, the first, obviously our friends and family have been all like so supportive in this dream and have pushed us even, you know, when we didn't want them to push us because we're not ready or, uh, but I think my, for me, Andrew, uh, my husband is, above and beyond hands-on with Piper and with, you know, cheering me on for, you know, getting Pippin House started in June of 2020. He didn't blink twice when I said, I'm quitting. You know, we were a dual income house and then we were going down to solo income. And he's like, do it. You've got to do it. I believe in you. We're going to get this. You're going to be, he always jokes and says that I'm his ticket to retirement. So um, he's like, make it work and we'll make it work. And so that support of just always knowing that, you know, regardless of if, you know, my meeting right now is not necessarily generating the income that your meeting is, he doesn't, you know, say mine's more important than yours, which is just, it is having that level of support um, behind you makes you feel like, okay, then I really got to go. I really got to do this. I also live about less than a mile from my parents. Um, So I saw on Instagram the other day, there's this... uh, some meme that said the only parenting hack is living close to your grandparents. I've seen that one. I'm finding that to be, (laughs) I'm finding that to be very true. Um, they have my dad babysat this weekend 
when we were taking my mom out for her birthday dinner. Well, we like to say that my dad and Miss Rachel babysat. Yes. But, um... <laughs> I'm glad my, my dad's not the only uh, yes. grandpa that subscribes to that babysitting <laughs> philosophy. Um, but yeah, so definitely my parents. And then um, I'm the queen of ordering um, anything and everything. So, you know, we just moved into a new space that's larger, you know, with me, Andrew, our nanny Charlotte, Piper, and a dog, we needed a little more space. And so now I'm vowing that I'm gonna be doing a lot more cooking and grocery shopping on my own, but um, it uh, wasn't the case. So Instacart and Postmates were definitely outsource, uh, outsource resources for me. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Amazon, obviously, all day. So, yeah, and then for me, there's no typical day in this house, like ever. I haven't had the same day twice ever. I think our support system is really Ursula and my husband for 99% of everything. Um, Harrison, while he does work at the bank, he has made life so wonderful. He's one of the dads that literally he's not going to miss anything just for work. He has dad guilt, like no other dad you can imagine. Um, and he is so supportive in, you know, when I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with the kids or they're sick or Penelope's lungs and whatever, he's always there to listen and help and bounce things off of. And my kids aren't really of the age where I'm leaning on friends yet, but I think my circle of friends are really the parents of the children that my kids play with. And Luckily, I love all of these moms and dads so much. So I feel like that's kind of who your friends become and who you kind of lean on for advice and support. Yeah, I'll say that that on the friend note, you know, we've mentioned her once before, but Katie Zwang, Katie Massiangelo married. She's also, um, she's a stay-at-home mom right now. And I look at what she does all day, every day, and I'm just blown away by... You know, you, you can take two routes. You could be a working mom or you can stay at home. But regardless, those are both, they're both working. You're mm-hmm. working all day, every day. And watching what she does, and she's an amazing resource. Anybody that, you know, uh, you know Maddie, I call on. I call on Katie. I call on my sister-in-law, Elizabeth. Um, in Dallas, there's people that have either have one child or multiple children that all seem to kind of have things working and, and you know, flowing smoothly. Um, are people that I really kind of tap, you know, have you been through this before? Have you done this? And, um, and those are just, it's so helpful to know, like, Hey, you know, did you hate feeding them real food at first? Like, are you so annoyed by everything going everywhere and not feeling, you know, judged that you're not this, you know, picture perfect, you know, cause something we have with Pippin house that we say is like, we're reality. You know, there's Instagram and there's, you know, these perfect family photos and all this stuff. And then there's reality. And, you know, we want to make products that fill, you know, make your home look beautiful that you love, but that are also practical. You know, we need to be able to, there's going to be spit up or wine or something that might spill on your duvet cover. And you want to be able to change it quickly or you want to, you know, you don't want to be living in fear of the things that you buy that are nice and beautiful. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we kind of this, there's a whole lot of noise in, you know, not only just the 
mom community, I guess, just on social media in general of, you know, you see it with young teenagers and, you know, the bullying and all of this stuff. So it's, it's this Instagram versus reality that we kind of want to, um, dispel, you know, like this is, we're not, you know, messy, but you know, life can be messy. And, you know, we want to just make products that make your life a little bit easier, whatever that means. Um, and that's kind of like relying on, relying on these friends that, you know, make you not feel judged or have been where you you've been and, um, kind of cut out some of the noise. Yeah, definitely. When you were talking, I was thinking about like the different things that stay at home moms versus work outside the home moms bring to the table. And I have friends that work outside the home and I have friends who are also stay at home moms. And it's like, it's funny because like the feeding your kid things and there's like stuff everywhere. I feel like that's so much of so much more of a challenge for working moms who come home and they're like, oh my gosh, I just had the longest day and now I have to clean the yogurt off the floor. Whereas for a stay at home mom, that's like, okay, well, here I am with my 60 wet paper towel. Par for the course, yeah. But then, you know, for, um, for instance, like daycare sickness, I feel like my, my friends who have kids in daycare are far more just like, ah, they get sick. It's what happens. Whereas my son's not outside the home that much. So when he gets sick, I get much more like stressed out and anxious about it. Um, and it's kind of, it, it does create like this unique village of, you know, people that you can go to with different perspectives and different experiences of of mother. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we talked a little bit about mom guilt, which I feel like is, you know, you could talk for three hours on the concept of mom guilt by itself. But since founding Pippin House, have you um, set any specific boundaries between fam- family life and work life? Because um, I know as an entrepreneur, it's very hard to <laughs> shut off the work piece when, you know, there's there's always something else that you can be doing and it's not for a major corporation's bottom line. It's for your family's success. So do you set boundaries? And, and if so, what are they? So right now I don't feel like there are true boundaries, especially when you're starting a job. Um, Kate and I are talking a lot with India and the best time to talk to India is at 7 a.m. our time. <laughs> so as a mom, I'm sure you understand that 7 a.m. in any home is you better be on. Like yeah. you are, it's, good yes. it's a period end of story. Um, my office has French doors, which I, the locks should be arriving today. <laughs> the slide locks for the top of them. I'm, I'm happy to send you the link so you can link it in this podcast. <laughs> in the event that your mom's um, because it turns into a total cluster. Um, but one, one boundary that we have set in our home is when we are home, phones are down. I li- we literally get, like Harrison gets maybe 30 minutes with the kids in the morning. And then in the evening, he usually gets from like 5 to 7.30. So, I mean, we get three and a half hours with our kids mm-hmm. a day. Um, and our boundary is phones are down when we're home until after bed. Um, and that is the one boundary that we really try and stand by. I'll say, um, I was, I was laughing thinking about this question because I was like, well, I'll let you know when I do set the boundaries, but I will say that I have had, um, you know, since Maddie's joined, it's starting to, you know, allow me to, because before, you know, now I've got another set of hands that can answer that email or, you know, take care of something that before I didn't. And so it's really now like Maddie was saying, um, when, 
you know, around 4.30 when Charlotte leaves. Like, I've got that time with her, Piper, and that's it, really. You know, um, and, you know, my husband does bath time. So before bath time is like kind of my my world. And it's another goal of 2023 is to just put the phone down and just, you know, that email will be there when you put Piper down. You know, it's unless it's something that, uh, you know, and by the way, we're not saving lives with what we're doing. Um, we're not, you know, nobody's going to die if our email doesn't go out. So I think that really taking a step back that, you know, you've got this amount of time with her on a daily basis, spend it, be present, and then, you know, shoot the email off after, after she goes down. And so that's kind of something that I'm working towards. I will not say that it's accomplished yet. It's a work in progress, um, but it's definitely something that I, I want to really focus on this year. Switching lanes a little bit to some final, more fun questions. Um, are there any products or brands that you're currently loving either for yourself or for your kids? If, if we're being honest, I wish I could just say Tylenol, Zofran, and Ready Whip because <laughs> Ready we have Whip. a terrible obsession with fat-free Ready Whip. I mean, it's I bad. put it on it's... my coffee, and it's on an my issue. yogurt, on cottage cheese. It's terrible. But anyways... Um, so I do like some nicer brands for my kids, but I will say that I am a chronic eBayer, Mercari, Poshmark, um, Kinison app shopper. Um, my kids will wear their clothes wherever they go and they'll be torn and stained. And so I'm cool with it being from eBay. Um, I think one thing I do love that they use is Mustela. I've always mm -hmm. loved the smell yeah. of Mustela. I got yes. Big Jane. It's, it's like, so good. it's like my guilty pleasure. I buy it when it goes on sale or at Costco. And um, the other thing that I really love is Skin by Blair. She's a local esthetician. You guys should follow her. Um, she's so cool and has created her own line of skincare that I think is truly amazing. Um, Blair, we would also really love to have a call with you still, but, um, <laughs> she, I love, I love her products and I'll let Kate talk about hers. Um, I was trying to think, I'm like all the things that I've purchased. I mean, I always say that it's like Instagram 20 Kate zero because I'm targeted so accurately on Instagram. Um, but this year, um, especially this winter, I've been like living in, uh, the, these quince, Sweaters. I don't know if you mm -hmm. have um, been um, targeted for those, but they're fantastic. I have been similarly targeted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and again, they, uh, Quince has won. Quince has won the battle against me. Um, so I have, I just live in these now. Um, I had one of the ones that they knocked off. Sorry, Jenny Kane, but um, they're, they're the exact same sweater. So um, <laughs> love these. And then for Piper, um, actually, I'm not kidding when I say that I'm binging Shark Tank now. I actually found this product that is called the Busy Baby Mat on um, okay. on on Shark Tank. Um, it was a female entrepreneur that started it, um, but it's a um, she's got different products, but the one that we got is like a, a mat that you it's like suctions to your table, and then it has it's a, one of those really flexible silicone, and then it has different tethers on it that you can um, put a utensil in or a toy in or their sippy cup. So when they inevitably throw it on the ground at a restaurant or even at, you know, at your home, 
it just hangs. It's not on the ground, so they can grab it again and throw it again. They can play the own, their own game of um, crop it and get it. Um, and that's been, we got that like two weeks ago, and it's been unbelievable. So that's a, a Shark Tank shout out is the busy baby mat. Are there any favorite mom accounts to follow? So my cousin-in-law is Caroline Chambers. I don't know if you guys follow her. Yes. Um, She's been recommended on your podcast before. Caroline is my cousin-in-law and she's awesome and hilarious and real mama three. Um, and she is literally one of the only mom accounts that she's actually, she cooks and she has Mm -hmm. an awesome newsletter. You guys should join. It's like 45 bucks for the year, $5 a month. And it's like 30 minute meals that are awesome. But, um, really the majority of my accounts that I follow are accounts that have great finds. Like I love home on the web. I went to high school with Cassie. She has a good number of followers, but always finds like great finds. Um, and then for home and you know, style. follow the yeah. find. Yeah. Home stuff. Follow the find. Um, found just the thing. I love L Williams who you had on. Mm. I can get sucked into the comparison game. And I feel like that's just not healthy. And um, I love good advice, but I think that it's much better for me to follow like yep. somebody who has a great target find. Yeah, yeah. I think that on that on the advice, one of my favorite accounts that I follow. I mean, I guess you could call it. I mean, she is a mom, but um, Emily Oster, who has mm-hmm. um, I don't. She's written a couple books, three books, I think, and she is an economist at Brown. And she's I'm sure you've probably seen her. Um, yep, but crib she sheet. crib sheet yeah and expecting better and she really takes like i was speaking about earlier like the the noise that can be out there you know this is how you should do this this is how you should do this oh you're doing that with your baby oh you're doing that this is just data-based it's like strictly data she's not you know giving opinion on it it's just hey this is what the data says you know kids that are breastfed versus you know formula fed whatever you know here's what the data says and so you know do with it what you will and she kind of you know, drills it down to like a really, you know, easy to digest, you know, snippet of, okay. And then you can dig in further if, if you feel the need to. But I just, I feel like she really helps to cut out the noise that can be really deafening in, in kind of the, the mom space. I was going to say, there are two other accounts that Kate, my mom and I love to follow. And those are Sarah Blakely and, which is, I'm sure everybody obviously because yeah. she's just phenomenal and if there is a day in my life that I can take all of my best friends on a private jet and not tell them where they are going, because that's what she does every birthday for her best friends. I think that would, that would be like ultimate goal. And then her husband, Jesse Eitzler is the most positive, amazing guy that just doesn't care what people think of him. And like, Every day when I see something that he's put on there, it just makes me so happy because he's so He's a wild man and is just like, but it it works and it's, it's fun to watch. And their relationship is, is very, is one to really want to emulate the support that they have for each other. And I mean, obviously it worked because look at the trajectory of both of their unbelievable careers. Um, Yeah. It's just been fun to be able to be a fly on the wall and watch. Yeah, Sarah Blakely. Yeah. I think she's been recommended before. She is a great one. She's like the OG, you know, yeah. working mom, yeah. crazy entrepreneurial story. Little... So yeah. 
So last question. Um, shout out Pippin House and your account. So where can listeners find you um, on Instagram or online? Um, yeah, so both of them are our Instagram handle is just Pippin House, P-I-P-P-E-N-H-O-U-S-E. Um, just a little backstory. Pippin is um, a combination of both of our daughter's names, Piper, P-I-P, and then Penelope, P-E-N. That's so, so cute. Piper and Penelope. Um, and again, our, our website is the same, www.pippinhouse.com. Um, yeah. And we are very excited to be, you know, launching these products that will help make your life a little easier. I will link all of that in the show notes. Um, and you can also check out the motherhood design Instagram for more product photos and a little bit more about, uh, cover itself. Um, in addition to links to the Pippin house Instagram and website. So It'll all be there. And I just have, I just have to say one thing. So when I first started, you know, back in 2020, I, I set down like, I think I wrote like 10 goals for, you know, over the next, however many years, I think it was over five years. And, um, one of my very top ones to, was to be interviewed on a podcast. So thank you <laughs> for helping me achieve this goal. I'm so honored that you're here on this podcast. Cause there's so many great, ones. I know. I really um, appreciate it. We, I said, I said to Maddie, I was like, can't believe somebody's actually interested in asking us these questions and it's it's really a surreal moment that you know i put this down on paper and you know you can work your tush off and and do it and i think that that's the more women that are in this space and the more women that you know take this leap and do it the more you're just going to see you know unfortunately right now the amount of vc dollars that go to women is um, shockingly low i think it's like 1.9 percent um but you know, we've got to, we've got to be the ones to make that change. And I'm just very happy that Maddie and I are starting this journey. And, you know, one day maybe we can hand it off to the people that put the pip and pen in Pippin House, <laughs> you know? Hopefully. So, That'd be and amazing. And she'll kill us if we don't. But mom, you are the best mom in the world and we love you. I was about to say, we would be remiss not to say that Miss Wonderful Kathy, who I will say is, um, was, has been an inspiration to us because she, at 60, reinvented herself, you know, they were entrepreneurs in the real estate space and, you know, 2000, the crash happened, um, and, you know, they picked themselves back up and my mom started her own swim school, um, and she has a very successful swim business, swim school business in Chicago and has really inspired us to, you know, it's never too late to, to start something, and, and she did it. So we love you, Mom. You can check out Pippin House on Instagram at Pippin House. That's P-I-P-P-E-N-H-O-U-S-E. Or via their website at PippinHouse.com. All links are included in the show notes and on MotherhoodDesign.com. And their guest list post on the Motherhood Design website also contains links to all other episode mentions and shoutouts. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and the small business owners it features. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review on Apple or Spotify. I appreciate your support in doing so. You can also follow along with the podcast at Motherhood Designed on Instagram or motherhooddesign.com for more info about guests, including their mentions and recommendations from each episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today and until next.